What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Chapter 175 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the Arizona Trump Rally episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. This week, we're back to our favorite work, wandering out into the 3D world to attend conspiracy theory events. With me still imprisoned in Bermuda and Jake preparing for a wedding, Travis canceled all his Metaverse concerts and headed east to Florence, Arizona, where the first Trump rally of 2022 was being held. He did so armed with the knowledge that QAnon father-son tag team Jim and Ron Watkins would be in attendance, along with members of the JFK Jr. obsessed Negative 48 cult, some of them presumably driving or flying all the way from Dallas to bestow gematria on fellow patriots. Headlining the event, of course, was Donald Giotis Trump, who shared the bill with red-pilled politicians like Wendy Rogers and Paul Gozar, and even one of the cyber ninjas behind the Arizona audit. But what Travis could not have predicted was that Jim Watkins, owner of 8chan, now 8coon, would threaten to punch him as soon as they came into contact. Nor that this would lead to a deep and intimate friendship between the two men, profoundly changing the course of both of their lives. Travis, if I understand correctly, Jim, who once called us, quote, those three homosexuals helped you write this episode? Yeah, this is why this episode is going to feature an unusual amount of swears, slurs, and yoga instruction. So this is uh, looking forward to that. Thank you so much for your help writing this episode, Jim. Yeah, thank you, Jim. You really opened our eyes to why certain historic uh, genocides are maybe actually good. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll be inserting all of your great ideology and ideas into this. But also, yeah, basically, Travis went in. He wasn't expecting drama. And you'll hear it in his voice. But he got it. He certainly got the drama. No, I actively try to avoid drama. It bores me. Yeah. Travis is a drama-free bitch. He's not (laughs) a messy bitch like me. So yes, I traveled to Arizona for Trump's uh, first rally for the new year. Uh, The actual rally itself took place in Florence, Arizona, which is about 60 miles southeast of Phoenix. Um, The venue is the Country Thunder Festival Grounds, which is this large dirt lot surrounded by just miles and miles and miles of empty desert. It was actually quite eerie and lonely. So yeah. That explains the insane winds that seem to be like flapping every flag, uh, at least until later when Trump kind of landed and the the winds quieted down, the storm cleared for him. Yes, yes. It was, it was, at some points, it was like very, very breezy, which honestly sometimes made it difficult to even get good recording. But uh, yeah, so it was, it was uh, interesting times. So I think that my big lesson for my experience is that like QAnon is like in the bloodstream of the MAGA movement now. And that, and I used to like, try to like make a distinction between like weird fringe QAnon stuff and like mainstream MAGA. If you remember back in 2018, the organizers of Trump rallies, you know, after a, a few incidents. They made efforts to force QAnon followers to discard their Q merchandise before they got inside the venue. They didn't want, you know, their their uh, their MAGA uh, events sort of infected by QAnon. But that's not the case anymore. So now, now like, you know, post-insurrection, like, QAnon theories, they're wedded to, like, MAGA narratives. And QAnon followers and, and enablers can be found both in the crowd and on the stage right before Trump speaks. So this is just, um, it's not like a separate thing anymore. QAnon has just fully been absorbed into the MAGA world. 
By the time I had arrived at the festival grounds in Florence, some diehard Trump supporters had already been there for days. Uh, among them was the Negative 48 cult led by Michael Brian Protzman. Now, Protzman is an anti-Semitic Nazi sympathizer with a history of domestic abuse who leads followers through gematria, which is like a kind of like numerology. We've discussed it before. It is, it is some weird brain-melting stuff, and I don't like it very much at all. Now, you may recall that the Negative 48 cult is the one that went to Dallas last November and waited in Daly Plaza for the arrival of JFK and JFK Jr. And when the Kennedys did not arrive, the group continued to occupy Dallas. Um, uh, on Twitter, Twitter user uh, 2022 underscore karma has continued to closely follow their online activity, and it's still pretty disturbing, and she does great work. It was reported last month that members of the Negative 48 cult were drinking a chemical cocktail that contained the quack miracle cure chlorine dioxide. The Dallas reporter um, reported that people in Dallas were drinking this toxic substance from a communal bowl like it was punch at a party. Just communal oh, good. bleach, basically. Everyone take a sip from the bowl of bleach. Yeah. Awful stuff. Now, one thing I will mention is that, um, you know, the like like all Trump events, I guess it was an extremely sort of merch-oriented event, you know, um, like there was, you know, just lots and lots of merch vendors, and I rolled up, and I was just wearing like a long sleeve shirt, and I was wearing jeans, and merch vendors saw me as a mark, because they saw me as like naked. They were like, oh man, we, we need to get you a hat, we need to get you a shirt or something, because really, if you are not covered, if you don't have something that says Trump, if you don't have something that says, let's go, Brandon, uh, then you you really stick out, which, uh, you know, I did. So this this time you didn't go for the merch? No, I didn't go for the merch. Well, you know, here's the thing. I actually, uh, there's like, I, I did spot uh, just just for the sake of our collection, for the sake of history and memorabilia, uh, there was a Q bumper magnet being sold. I noticed that the, the amount of Q merch available was fairly limited. Mostly it was like, you know, basic Trump merch or it was, you know, fuck Joe Biden or let's go Brandon merch. That was extremely popular. Lots and lots of cheeky let's go Brandon sort of uh, uh, shirts and hats and buttons and stuff. So yeah, I, that's, that's the real only thing I got was like the Q sort of bumper magnet. It was it was fun because like it was very it had a very carnival barker atmosphere because they're like you know there are all these people who are like a lot of the merch vendors I seem seem to be actually be fairly apolitical like in the sense they're they're just they're just there trying to draw people in it was a uh, you know very interesting atmosphere so while at this event I ran into the negative forty eight cult member Mickey Larson Olson and Mickey Larson Olson is impossible to miss she is very recognizable uh, she can be spotted wearing a uh, red, white, and blue bodysuit, and it has a big Q right on the chest that's surrounded by a star. Um, she wears an American flag jacket and a large, like, captain's, like, M. Bison hat that's just massive. Yeah, she she looks like a superhero. <laughs> like, she is fully, like, in the Marvel QAnon extended universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, she also has, of course, uh, yeah, she has the red thigh-high boots and also like a like a red, white, and blue wig. And I mean red, I mean like cherry red. It um, So, and of course, in addition to that, she drives a red convertible Mazda that she calls her Q-Mobile. 
And this Q-Mobile is covered inside and out with Q-Decals. And this includes the windshield, which is so covered in QAnon-related stickers that it seems to be unsafe to drive. I would not yeah, feel no, comfortable sure. behind the wheel of this thing because my vision would be so blocked. Yeah, and I mean, it is so confusing because it feels like some of it is on the outside, right? So how, can you even use the wipers? Wouldn't it fuck up all your decals? Does she have to kind of hand scrub this thing? Or what, what, what happens if it rains? That is an excellent question. But yeah, she's, yeah. In the, she's in the negative 48 crew. She was in Dallas. And yeah, her car has Q-Patriot on it. It says, hold the line. It has a lot of smaller, has some, it has a Trump JFK Jr. 2021 sticker. And to be clear, she has gone... She has gone as far as making the seatbelt kind of cover uh, sleeves uh, it printed with QAnon stuff. It says, where we go one, we go all across your chest when you drive this thing. Mm -hmm, or if you're, I guess, a passenger. Yeah, I saw inside, actually, her um, her like her like uh, floor uh, mats, her like driver's side floor mats, even though it has a where we go one, we go all on it. So wow. you, you wouldn't even see that from the outside. So it's just inside and out, just totally covered. Bizarre to see. But so Mickey Larson Olsen, as she is quick to remind people, she's both an Iraq war veteran and she's a criminal defendant for her participation in the events at the Capitol on January 6th. Yes, I'm Master Sergeant Retired Mickey Lynn Larson Olsen, Iraq war veteran, author of a poem called We're Ready to Fight. I'm also a January 6th defendant. They put a charge on me January 20th. And I still have that charge. My next remote hearing is January 20th. So they didn't want this costume, this Q-Mobile, my Q songs, and this poem. They didn't like me handing this We're Ready poem to, D to the troops in DC. They didn't like it. So what they did, they pressed charges against me on January 19th for um, unlawful entry to Capitol grounds. I was not on the Capitol. What it was, was I refused to walk down from the stairs. They tapped me on the shoulder and they said, ma'am, it's time to go after they gassed us. I said, I'm not going anywhere. I latched my thigh high red boots around the scaffolding and my arm around behind me. And it took six Capitol Police to pry me down. And then one of them threatened me twice. She said, do you want me to pepper spray you? I laughed at her face. I said, I am an Iraq war veteran. There is nothing you can do to me I haven't been through already. You could shoot me dead for all I care, but I'm not walking. At that time, I truly believed Ashley Babbitt was gone. So anyway, we but, support you, Mickey. Thank you, dear. Appreciate it. God bless you all. I want you to. I'm gonna send you with my poem, y'all. I and uh, and Melania gave it a heart. General Flynn recently signed it for awesome. me in Dallas. I did miss that she has a sticker on her car that says, my favorite sailor calls me mom. Yeah. I'm assuming that, uh, so it's like a generations of, of troops. Sounds like it. Yeah. She uh, served in the Air Force herself. But um, yeah, sounds like she's a military family. And, and also, I mean, Travis, I could barely hear it, but I, I think you said I've already got one when she was handing out her poem. <laughs> Yeah, I was already, I, I had been chatting with her a while before <laughs> before some other people had gathered to also gawk at her yeah. Q-Mobile. Yeah. yeah. It looks like a nice car, you know? I don't know it why is. you would want to gunk it up with all those stickers and stuff. It's going to be really hard to get off when you want to resell it, maybe. Yeah, that roof goes down fine, too. Like, it's fully functional. You can cruise with the top off. So, yeah, 
According to Mickey Larson Olson, her, her car was vandalized while she was in jail for, uh, you know, her participating in January 6th. And she blamed this vandalization on the media for demonizing Q. Um, now, while, while I was speaking to her, she referred to Q as this letter. And they want you to believe this after 21 years of honorable service that nearly got blown to bits twice in Iraq. They want you to believe I'm a traitor and a terrorist. And because they, the media, what they did was my car was keyed in D.C. on the 9th. And when I was in jail on the 19th, I got out. They took a knife to the hood of my car, and then they sliced two of her tires and put a screw in one. Because the media is the enemy of the people, and they convinced everybody that I'm a traitor and a terrorist because of this letter. They don't like this letter. What does that letter mean to you? Truth. Truth. Not my truth, not anybody else's truth. It's about owning your own truth. So Q is a military information dissemination operation that was necessary because the media is bought up by six corporations and they meet up and they, that's why so much of it's called op uh, Operation Mockingbird. Yeah. And they sound all the same. Like you'll see and they say the same odd thing all day mm -hmm. because it's, they get talking points at 4 o'clock in the morning, what they're allowed to talk about and what they're not. And they're all owned and they're all corrupt. And so Q was essential to get the message out to the people using people like me. Travis is mm-hmm. Just incredible. <laughs> now, while speaking to her, she also uh, told me about uh, Gematria, or Gematria, whatever the hell you call it. And while explaining this to me... Come on, um, it's Gematria. God damn it, it, man. Who gives a shit? Can we... Who gives you know, Okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> We've lost him. He's gone. I yeah. <laughs> He's gone. The pronunciation on this G is of all the mental fortitude that Travis has cultivated in the last four years, no. this, this soft G or hard G is just the final straw <laughs> that broke the Travis's back. Travis, say it with me. Gay Matrix. <laughs> so while she was explaining this to me, she claimed that someone killed her dog, which was named Liberty, for some reason. Do you know anything about Jamachi? Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I know about a little about A is one, B is two, C mm. is it. So, if you know anything about gematria, zero means nothing. Mm -hmm. Six six is freedom. So, if you take all the letters in the word freedom, and you assign the numbers to them based on where they are in the alphabet, it totals sixty six. So they killed freedom, and then they killed my dog Liberty behind my house. Oh. In the alley behind my house, they killed my dog, Liberty. And the guy said he thought she was a pothole. It was broad daylight. She was an overweight black lab. And he was driving. Well, I was talking to uh, Mickey Larson Olson. She also got into, like, sovereign citizen stuff. And um, one tenet of sovereign citizen beliefs is that the United States ceased to be a republic in 1871 when it became a corporation. Uh, some QAnon followers took this a step further to claim that Trump somehow restored the republic and therefore all laws and presidents after 1871 were all null and void. And in Larson Olson's telling, uh, this meant that Trump was now the 19th president and the living JFK Jr. is the 19th vice president. Um, she told me this while talking about her belief that JFK Jr. followed her on Twitter. And I had wanted him to know I had just woke up, right? So I put my hair up in a ponytail, put my heart-shaped flag sunglasses on, my Trump hat, when my USA room took a picture. And he said, 
Good morning, Patriot. Beautiful smile and shirt. Have a great day. And that day, JFK Jr. started following me on Twitter. And yes, he's still alive and he's your 19th Vice President of our Republic. Our country was stolen from us in 1871 and we were made a corporation. We have dual governments going on right now and the corporation's done for. So hang in there everybody, awesomeness is coming. And I know that sounds crazy, but you're gonna find out. I'm not lying, I have no reason to lie. Yeah, she was very enthusiastic, despite mm -hmm. seeming to be kind of self-aware about how she sounded. I think that uh, the most kind of successful QAnon people at just maintaining their belief system are the endless positivists, people who really have mm -hmm. a kind of cheerful approach to everything and see the silver lining even when the clouds are dark and full of water. Yeah. I would agree. You don't find too many doomers that are, you know, public-facing sort of QAnon influencers or or kind of, you know, mini celebrities within within that movement. Um everybody's kind of yeah, they they're kind of just always positive, you know, uh, uh the storm is just around the corner. JFK Jr is just around the corner from revealing himself. It's all it's going to be fucking great. It's going to be great. Don't you worry. I mean, I guess we do repeat this a lot, but it's worth repeating again. This is the state of a lot of Christians in America who believe that Jesus is right about to come back. Like, it, it is mm -hmm. spoken about in the same uh, endless rolling date, uh, impending doom, uh, slash impending utopia terms uh, that we hear uh, repeated throughout the Q movement. Now, I think, I think it's also worth talking about the whole sovereign citizen thing, because Mickey Larson Olson is hardly the only QAnon promoter to embrace sovereign citizen beliefs. Now, it's actually part of like a long, long-standing mesh between QAnon and sovereign citizens. Recently, QAnon promoter Anne Vandersteel appeared on Joe Altman's podcast, and while there, she said that she was an American state national. She claims that this means that she didn't have to pay taxes, and her vote somehow had the power <laughs> of four votes. Of course, this is all pseudo-law, and- nonsense and it appears wait a minute this this sounds like playground logic be like well i well i get four votes i'm four votes then <laughs> dude this is like uh yeah at the end of an article you know this one trick can make your vote worth four times more and you can stop paying taxes <laughs> it's, it's yeah this the weird sovereign citizen thing they always i mean they believe in the, if you say the right magic legal words then you can sort of like you know be free of all legal consequences and never have to pay taxes and get the feds off your back but it just doesn't work like that yeah when the irs shows to your door you just go this is not the patriot you're looking for. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. So it appears that Vandersteel got these nonsense ideas from a sovereign citizen guru named Bobby Lawrence. But here's what uh, Vandersteel said in a clip that was flagged by Right Wing Watch. I decided to become an American state national. Joe, you've heard me talk about this a little bit on the Health and Freedom Tour, but I decided that the 14th Amendment... Uh, citizenship, the federal citizenship of a bankrupt corporate entity known as the United States. You know, there's there's a lot of things people may or may not understand that some people have heard about the Act of 1871 and all this stuff. The, the truth of the matter is there is a United States and the federal government is part of a, a, a municipal, a corporate entity that was part of Washington, D.C. that was only supposed to be Washington, D.C., 10 square miles. But the 14th Amendment basically hijacked all of the state's sovereignty and made anybody who opted into Social Security a 14th Amendment federal citizen. Therefore, you've exchanged your God-given rights, your Bill of Rights, 
and you've exchanged them for government privileges, the privilege to get welfare, the privilege to get student loans, to get Social Security, to get health care, all this stuff that our Constitution. So you don't have to pay guys, Social Security? You don't have to pay Social Security anymore? You don't have to pay FICA? I don't pay Social Security. I don't have to pay into it anymore. I don't have to pay income taxes, personal income taxes anymore. Because can you get all your money under- out that you put in? Yes, you I can. I put a lot of money in. <laughs> yeah. I, I put a lot of money into the system over the last you know, 25 years. Yes, you can, Joe. Yes, you can. You get anything you put in, you get out. You get out. Fascinating. It, it, still, can you still run for office? Yeah, you can absolutely still run for office. In fact, you can still vote. You vote as a delegate, which has the power of four votes. Dude. <laughs> Joe Altman is a cretin of the First Order, but even he tilted his head in disbelief when she said the four-vote thing. He was down when she said that, that he could literally demand the IRS return anything he's paid into the social system that he has undoubtedly received, you know, services from and <laughs> variety of things. But yeah. And what does Ann Vandersteel think she's done? Like, has she written an, like a, a note for herself? Like, what process does she think she's gone through? I think the event that, that she's gone through is known as a concussion. <laughs> what happened to her partner, uh, Bill Mitchell? He is notoriously absent uh, from the uh, you know QAnon sort of video circuit uh, in these this last year, really. He hooked up with Gary Busey and hasn't been seen since they were at that crocodile cafe uh, off the coast of Florida. Well, I guess that explains it. <laughs> I'm sure he's on Telegram. I'll bet he's on Telegram. I'm sure. I can't imagine that he would ever stop posting because, man, that guy was a maniac. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, back to uh, Mickey Larson Olson. So before I left my discussion with her, she explained why the Rolling Stones were actually dead and they were replaced by celebrities we think are dead. And this can be proven by watching uh, concert video footage of their performance in Dallas. All right. Thank you, Travis. Sure thing. God bless you, but don't be surprised because we're not lying when we say at the Rolling Stones concert in Dallas. Yeah. Michael Jackson and Prince were both Mick Jagger. They're all dead because they were evil. Uh, they were evil people, okay? And I know that sounds crazy, but I want you to look at some video. Okay. I want you to go to YouTube, okay? Mick Jagger's an ugly SOB, but they made Michael Jackson's mask even uglier. Oh my God. I want you to watch closely at the man's movements. You ever seen Mick Jagger do the moonwalk? I haven't, no. You ever seen Mick Jagger play the guitar? I don't think I have, no. Can you ask me why after he's been in in the music business for all these years, he's never once played with the guitar, but yet he come out and played it like he'd been playing it forever? You know why? Why? Because that was Prince. Wow. I want you to look closely. You will see those are two clearly different people. Okay? Okay. Watch the video on YouTube of the concert. You will clearly see those are two different people. Okay? And Elvis Presley is Bob Joyce. He is a pastor out of Arkansas. And he was playing the keyboards at the Rolling Stones concert. And JFK Jr., yes, JFK Jr., very, very, very much alive. I was one of 104 people he used to follow on gas. Okay, this rocks because she has the tone of a parent explaining what's in your gifts to the child when the child is crying on Christmas morning. 
You know, it's <laughs> like, right. no, you don't. It's going to be odd. Oh, everything's going to be so. And she, she's genuinely kind to you. She's like, Travis, you're going to have so much fun once you realize that Mick Jagger's actually Prince. We're all going to have so much fun. Yeah. And I, I, I believe her. I believe her, Travis. You could have fun. <laughs> I was listening. You know, I'm sure it's fun to believe in absolute reality-defying nonsense. I refuse to participate despite that. But yeah, she was, you know, she was very uh, gregarious. You know, obviously she had the, this sort of unrelenting positivity despite, like you said, her uh, hearing for her uh, involvement in January 6th being uh, imminent. So yeah, yeah. She was a interesting, interesting woman. Yeah, the people who have been proven to be dead are not dead, and the people who we have very many videos of them being very much alive are dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not really that familiar with uh, uh, the Rolling Stones or Mick Jagger, I have to say. So I, I checked on her claim. Apparently, um, well, of course, yeah. Keith Richards is the lead guitarist for the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger Correct. reportedly got his first guitar at age fourteen, and he was first credited <laughs> as a guitarist for Rolling Stone songs for the uh, for their nineteen seventy one album Sticky Fingers. So if you if you Google Mick Jagger guitar, you can see many photos. Going back decades of Mick Jagger playing the guitar. So I know, uh, no, that's actually the Puddle of Mud singer who went back in time. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Because Puddle of Mud, as we all know, Christian band. And what do we know about Christians? Good ability to time. <laughs> ability to time travel. God damn it! You ruined my joke by by coming up with a better one. You son of a bitch. Um, oh, Travis, this is so delightful. I mean. You know what? Yeah, it's like, I'm having I'm having fun again. There is something to like. There's two choices when you're up against the wall, and you know things are are in a in a crisis. You're getting less opportunities. You're coming to like an existential breakdown almost, and you want to do something. One of them is having a shit ton of fun, and these people are definitely those people. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. right now, they I mean they pay the price for sure, but. I mean, you, this kind of positivity is, is impossible to find elsewhere, except with people totally detached from reality. I wonder what that means. <laughs> it's always been that, though. I mean, that was the appeal of of the whole sort of like Trump thing. It was like, hey, you get to cast your, your fears about the future of America, yada, yada, yada aside, and just have a big party for four years. I mean, that was the vibe, you know? I, I remember uh, like very early on when I was you know, shortly after the election. And I was looking in two subreddits. It was our politics. And then there was uh, the Donald. And our politics was just rife with infighting and uh, criticisms and, uh, you know, what have you. And then you go over to the Donald and it was like a 100% party all the time. I mean, you can see why people, you know, who even might not be particularly political were like, ah, I choose this reality where everybody's drinking beers and, and, you know, the world is saved as opposed to these people that are drinking coffees and the world is doomed. So true. Ron Watkins, the former 8-Coon administrator and prime suspect for being one of the main people behind Q, was also in attendance at this Trump rally. And uh, you also may recall that Ron Watkins did a lot to fuel the Stop the Steal narratives, made bogus accusations against Dominion voting systems. He encouraged people to travel to D.C. on January 6th. He was retweeted by uh, then-President Trump several times before they both had their Twitter accounts suspended. (laughs) 
However, Ron's reason for attending this uh, rally was to promote his candidacy for office. He is running for Congress in Arizona. He, along with his father, a coon owner, Jim Watkins, they're handing out signs that said CMZ Army on one side. And CMZ is short for the Ron Watkins pseudonym Code Monkey Z. And on the opposite side of these signs, it simply said Trump won. So they are, they were out mm. promoting themselves. Oh, cool. So it doesn't matter then if, if Ron wins or loses because he'll win. Yep. Right. All he has to do is just write it on the back of a sign. Oh my God, when Ron Watkins finally loses, can you imagine the conspiracy theories that he's going to come up with? It's going to rock. Now, I was able to speak to Ron very briefly, but he was honestly pretty busy. I mean, there were lots of news outlets from international news outlets included who wanted to speak to him. He was also being treated like a rock star from like the many Trump supporters around. I imagine it's it's because of his promotion of the Stop the Steal narratives. At least that's my guess. They were fist bumping him. They're taking pictures with him. But no, he was having a good time. He was uh, was being treated like a celebrity. And um, he gave me time for two questions. So first I asked about his validation of the identity of Q on uh, 8chan. And like, you know, this is one of the biggest evidence that he's, you know, deeply involved in QAnon. So no, yeah, normally on image boards, when your like password is like cracked or leaked um, for your trip code, you have no way of recovering your identity. But Q's password was leaked and hacked you know, several times, uh, which essentially required Ron to personally verify who the supposed real Q was. He just said that like, well, someone asked him to identify who the real Q was and he did so and he didn't elaborate much, honestly. And secondly, I asked him about, okay, what is his main issue for Congress? How would he represent his constituents, you know, <laughs> if he if he's serious about this, and if he were elected. Um, And I naively thought that this question would result in a poorly thought out answer, or maybe a trolling answer, or an answer that revealed his conspiratorial thinking. Instead, he told me that his number one issue was water rights for Native Americans, which I thought, oh, man. Travis, I'm sorry to announce, but that was a troll. Yeah, I was like, what? I mean, yes, you're right. That was a troll. I thought, well, gee, well, goddamn, that's a surprising, thoughtful answer. But that was just the answer he gave me. When he was asked a similar question uh, later that evening on the live chat. He said that his number one issue was human trafficking. Well, there you go. Perfect. Great. Okay. Um, what uh, What is your uh, main topic that you like to discuss? Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, what you said was very interesting. And uh, right now, I'm I'm running in Arizona District Number 2, which is the northern part of Arizona. And uh, there is a big human trafficking problem out there especially on the the uh, indigenous people's reservations. Mm, 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 wow. He this is like crafted by the most yeah, the biggest troll is, ever. Yeah, this is so evil. It's just like Yeah. Yeah, yeah. F- fuck you by the way for this, Ron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sounds it sounds like he's maybe a little savvier than I gave him credit for. He's able to like tailor his answer very carefully depending upon who the audience is. Mm-hmm. Now, during the event, Ron Watkins also rubbed shoulders with members of the Negative 48 cult. He t- you know, he took a photo up with them which was uh, posted online. Um however, during a live chat After the rally with QAnon promoter Tommy Numbers, Ron said that uh, he wasn't very familiar with uh, Gematria, which caused Tommy uh, to explain it to him. No, I don't know much about Gematria. I don't I don't really uh, follow that very closely. So if you could explain it to me, that would be really great, because uh, these days a lot of people are bringing up Gematria and I just I just don't know what it is, honestly. Okay. Well, uh, so Gematria, Ron, is um, 
There's a few methods, there's a few versions of gematria, but the one that I use primarily is called simple gematria. And quite simply, I think it's probably the most beautiful, but it is the most simple. And, and you'll know this with math, there's a lot of beauty and simplicity, but obviously complexity as well. The, you know, the, uh, the paradox of those, those things. But so A is the first letter of the alphabet. So therefore it equals one. B is the second letter of the alphabet. Therefore it equals two. C is three. D is four, etc. All the way through to Z or Z in English in England is a uh, 26. And then you get the chance to add up the numerical value of words, places, names, uh, book titles, patriots' names, addresses, anything that comes to mind, really, President Trump's phrases, the things that he uses, uh, cue posts, um, things in the community, things in the patriot movement, in the truth movement. Okay, but how do numbers work then? If it just goes 1 to 26 with the letters? How does it, uh, how do numbers apply to that system? So, yeah, we watched nearly this entire thing, me and Jake, last night, and uh, it was just like so clear that Ron wanted to basically make Tommy feel bad. And so he just kept pressing him on like technical things around this thing, which he could have looked up the Wikipedia of. It's pure bad faith. He was asking questions like, uh, how many hours a day would you say that you spend uh, thinking about numbers? Yeah, stuff like that. Like it was just, it was, it was pretty sad. I don't know. Tommy looked like he had eaten a bad batch of shrimp. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Boy, I was Tom, I was team Tommy the entire time because it was, you know, here is one of Tommy's heroes, you know, somebody who he believes is, you know, heavily involved, you know, at the very least know who, knows who Q is. And here he is on his live stream, you know, conversation with the man himself. And he had to spend most of his time kind of explaining and defending why he did what he did. There, there was a moment in the conversation where Ron was like, so what's the meaning of all this? Like, and so the number uh, letters, you know, match up to numbers and then uh, what's the sort of meaning of it all? Yeah. It, it just felt like a cruel, it felt like what it was. Yeah, right? a cruel yeah person, it cruel. A cruel person kind of exploiting the fact that the other person is a little off, let's put it that way, and just kind of dialing in on like where he can make that person squirm the most. But I guess that's what you get for being an ally of Ron Watkins. Of course, at the event was also Jim Watkins, uh, owner of Eight Coon. So I, uh, I introduced myself and I shook his hand and I said that was Travis View from the QAnon Anonymous podcast. And Jim responded by exploding with rage at me, which kind of surprised me. Um, now, I assume Jim Watkins didn't like me, which is fine, but only in the sense that he doesn't like any journalist. Um, like, if you if you watch the HBO documentary Q Into the Storm, you'll see that Jim Watkins has a sit-down interview with Daily Beast reporter Will Sommer. And Jim Watkins obviously doesn't like the Daily Beast or Will Sommer, but he's capable of, like, talking to him, like, in complete sentences and without, you know, squaring a lot. But when I approached Jim, here's the very first thing that he said to me. You want to get puns? Do get I? the fuck out of my face. Did I do something to a fuck off. You? you haven't fucked off yet? I, I guess I haven't. How do I wash you off my hair? <laughs> fuck <laughs> off, you motherfucker. Have I done something? You are the dumbest shit-ass motherfucker in the United States. Why? You are an absolute shit-ass. Why is that? Look at you. You look like a shit-ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. 
You are unwanted here. Well, I would say that Travis does not look like a shit ass. <laughs> well, yeah. that's, so that's my second. This is the second opinion. I was like, I was pretty bewildered. I was not expecting that reaction. Um, so, so after this, <laughs> this it, it, he wanted to get some help abusing me. <laughs> So he uh, he proceeded <laughs> to point me out to the mass of Trump supporters that surrounded us in an attempt to you know incite the crowd against me. Hey guys, this is the guy that hates Trump right here. Then why are you here? He must love. He's the he is the Trump hater. Why are you here? Right here. His name's Travis Few, and he hates Trump, and he's here to cause Char! trouble. Char! He's here to cause trouble. He hates Trump. Sad, sad. Yeah. I like that he said that, you know, I'm the Trump hater. I'm the guy who hates Trump. Like, I, I invented hating Trump. I'm the guy who, I'm the one person <laughs> who does that sort of thing. Yeah. We all know you love Trump. Everybody would love Trump if it wasn't for this one shit ass. <laughs> We'd be all having a great ass time out here, okay, on these stomping grounds. But we got a shit ass to wash off our hands. So a nearby woman, a spectator, heeded Jim's message and asked if I was there to harass conservatives, which not something I ever do. I'm always there to like learn, no. to observe. I can't do that and harass at the same time. Yeah, learn, listen, learn, listen, and record. So you come out here to harass us conservatives? I didn't harass anyone. Why don't you just go on down the road? We're tired of y'all shit. Yeah. Goodbye. Are you going to tase me? Yeah. Phelps, you how's life going? Good? Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you deserve that one. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you have that one for free, Jim. <laughs> how's your day going? You fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said, how's life going? How's, yeah, how's life? life going? How's life? How's life going? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, good on you, man. I mean, I if if I was in a crowd filled with Trump supporters and somebody was like, they hate Trump, and, and the, you know, the rabble, you know, started c closing in around me, I mean, my shorts, they would have been swishing, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, Travis stuck around, and that's when he asked if you were going to tase him. Did he, was he referring to your recorder? Yeah, he mistook my recorder. Yeah, I have a, a Tascam recorder, and he seems to have mistaken it for a taser. Oh. So, yeah, so yeah, I did, I didn't move, because I was, honestly, I was interested in hearing what he had to say, you know. I figured, you know, yeah. the worst thing um, that could happen would be like I would be, you know, I mean, either was I wasn't really worried. I was like, number one, this is like an event in which the fucking uh, you know ex president was attending, so security was ample. I had witnessed recently a there was like at the event there was a woman who was uh, who was walking around with a Biden sign and causing trouble, and she was taken uh -huh. down by two sheriffs. So obviously, <laughs> any kind of like you know conflict or yeah. harassment, they 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 squashed down pretty quickly. I wasn't worried. And honestly, I think I could take Jim. Yeah, you're a bigger guy. Yeah. I think that, you know, I have I have a few. I have a height advantage. I have an age advantage. I think I have a, a he's obviously a little bit more fiery than I am. Yeah, he's got the rage. He's so got the I don't rage. know. You it, it depends on what's your you know, oftentimes that'll that comes down to, you know, who's going to win a fight, a physical fight is what's your rage index like? Yeah, how good much point. how much how angry are you inside and how 
how ready are you to uh, convert that rage into energy? Right. At the very least, I feel confident I could fend him off, you know, but... Um, I would assume that you would have to kind of lower your center of gravity because he'd come low and try to flip you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so as long as you were able to do that... Yeah, he might know some, like, Krav Maga or, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I could, you know, I could imagine him and Ron kind of, like, you know, um, sort of practicing martial arts or something together. So he might have a couple tricks up his sleeve. But look, it would be a fair fight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think you would have ended up getting truly hurt before, you know, somebody pulled it apart. Yeah. What we don't know is that Jim has been using those little, like, um, wrist, uh, like, hand, what are those called? Those little workout tools. So he has very powerful fists, but that's mm -hmm. it. Uh, also, Travis, the Tascam is kind of like the, the Bible that stopped the bullet for you because... Maybe he would have punched you if he thought that you, if he, if he didn't think you could tase him. Yeah, you, potentially. Never know. Yeah, we'll see. That Tascam does look like a taser, by the way. If you don't really know what a taser or a Tascam looks like, <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could honestly, uh -huh. you, you know, I, I could, I could see, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I didn't really mind that, like, when Jim Watkins was ranting against me, but it's, I was a little bothered by the fact that this woman who learned about my existence two seconds earlier decided that I was an evil presence <laughs> needed to be expelled. Yeah. Be like, oh, what yeah. business this is of yours? Why are you taking his? side you don't know this guy either yeah and you know what i don't have any biden gear on i'm not i'm not simping for biden like i'm, I'm just you know i'm wearing a button-down shirt and some jeans and this taser <laughs> you, you don't know that you don't know but he had a, an ice cream cone in his hand mm. and he had sunglasses on so Jim Watkins, he continued to rant at me, and it even got to the point that some people in Jim's entourage were attempting to calm him down. You are a big poop. <laughs> hey, Jim, why do you It's okay, man. I know you're It's upset. not okay. I know. This is a real fucker. Yeah, this is a real fucker, and he goes like this to stay out of jail. In fact, he's bending jail. All right, well. You're a criminal, you know that? Do you realize you've been in jail in Riverside? I've never been in jail in Riverside. Yeah, right. <laughs> but where have you been in jail, Travis? Never. I've never been arrested, <laughs> you know, and even if I was, that wouldn't be evidence I actually committed a crime. So, um, so <laughs> very, very strange. Yeah. So that I think, yeah, the jail in Riverside comment, I think that might be referring to the fact that I have received a speeding ticket in Riverside County, California. So if you use one of those online background check services, it might show up on my record as a arrest miscategorized and if it, it, it just categorizes like all criminal violations in the sort of the same kind of way uh so it seems as though what happened is that jim watkins is not only familiar with me he looked at my background in an attempt to dig up dirt on me and he mm -hmm. you know he didn't do a very good job but um yeah so weird i mean not to mention he uses your pseudonym when he calls you out in public it would make you more embarrassed if he had switched to your real name. Yeah, that was weird, too. The whole situation was weird. Yeah. I mean, you handled yourself, you know, pretty well, pretty impressive, you know, in the midst of it's, it's you know, I imagine it's a kind pretty uncomfortable situation. And I'm just, you know, can't hear it too well in the in the recording. But, you know, imagining that this whole thing is unfolding while this like patriotic sort of country song like blares on in the background <laughs> is just like very surreal and yeah. uh Nightmarish. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a piece of art, actually. So after this, Jim Watkins threatened to harass me as long as I continue to attend the Trump rally. Man. You're not welcome. Everywhere you go, I will walk behind you. 
while you're here and tell people to you. Okay. Have a good day here. You're going to enjoy it. You are going to enjoy it. You know why. And he knows why. Because he's fucked with me online, privately, as an anonymous. And then he comes out publicly, and he's a shithead. You're an absolute shithead. Come on, Jim. Is that true? Have you ever antagonized Jim online anonymously? No, no, no. That's... That's, I have no idea what the hell he was talking about. I assume, yeah, I don't know if he, it's just weird because it's like, I assume that he doesn't like, you know, reporters or whatever, people who talk about them, but like a lot of people right. don't talk about them. I just don't, I don't understand what the hell is going on. So yeah, finally, some people who are with Jim, they convinced them to just walk away uh, from where I was. I was like, I was left there just baffled by like, it's not that I care whether or not Jim Watkins hates me. It's just why I specifically inspired this explosion was confusing to me. This is why I kept like, asking him, like, what the hell did I do? Right. Especially because in the past, I mean, you know, when we were at the Arizona rally uh, in Scottsdale, the first uh, sort of like big QAnon event that we went to that was like during COVID, uh, from which the the famous short swishing uh, incident happened, um, you know, once we got outed, the QAnon influencers were actually very interested to talk to us about, yeah. you know, why we disliked it. They were actually um, pretty non-confrontational and I would say even even friendly. Um, so it is interesting to me what exactly it was um, that really sort of, you know, that he was so upset about. So yeah, after this incident, I actually, I continued to communicate with him through an intermediary because I wanted to know what the hell was going on. And I figured out that apparently Jim Watkins was under the false impression that I was involved in doxing and threatening his family members. He claims that some someone says that I was involved in doing this. This is what he says. He's an unreliable source. I don't know. I can't say for sure if this is true or whatever, but this is what he says. And listen, I've criticized Jim Watkins for a lot of things. I've criticized him for owning an image board where multiple white nationalist mass shooters have posted their manifestos, which is you know unsurprising that that, that happened because 8chan's poll board was a haven for Nazis. The white nationalist manifesto instance is, uh, is what caused Cloudflare to deny their the uh, site services, which forced the site to shut down temporarily and then rebrand as 8coon. And obviously I've criticized Jim Watkins for uh, QAnon, which he allowed to flourish on a site. You know, he through 8chan and 8coon, he facilitated the destruction of many lives and the erosion of democracy. And I've, I've criticized him for attempting to prosecute Frederick Brennan under bullshit cyber libel laws in the Philippines, forcing Fred to flee the country for fear of his life. Jim Watkins is responsible for a lot of pain and suffering, and I hope I've had some role in highlighting all of that. And if he hates me for saying those things, that's fine because I stand by those statements, and I, I think uh, I think he's, he has a lot, to, a lot to answer for. But I, I don't dox, and I don't threaten, I don't mess with someone's family members because of who they are. And after Jim seemed to understand that I wasn't involved in those particular things, um, he actually sent me a video apology. Oh boy. (laughs) Hey superstar, I don't agree with you politically, but I shouldn't have gone off on you like that. Um, It was a real misunderstanding. It seems like we're both victims of the same... uh, turkeys out there. I'm sorry. You can say that publicly. 
Hey, superstar. Much better than shit ass. Yeah, I know. Weird. I accepted his apology. Uh, yeah, I also spoke to him in person afterwards, in which in which he also apologized. And this this is like fine. I was like, I don't I don't care about these clashes of personalities or drama and bullshit. And like I, I was able to like I was willing to accept his apology because I wasn't harmed by him blowing up at me. It didn't hurt me anyway. It's fucking fine. I don't give a shit. And blowing up at me is not the worst of his offenses. Well, it is if if you're a big fan a big Travis fan right now, you're like, you're going to start like a hashtag kind of protect Travis, that kind of thing. Yes. That's very nice, but I'm fine. Like I said, it didn't, it didn't hurt me whatsoever. And, um, he's, he's, he's hurt other people more, more than me. I'll say that. Maybe we can help you recover memories of how this was actually a bigger deal. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. I'm fine. <laughs> but so, yes, yeah, so that was that incident. So, but I'm trying to understand this. So somebody told Jim that you were part of a doxing operation. And so that was the whole, that was the whole thing. And then he realized that you weren't a part of this? Yeah, doxing and threatening, specifically his family members. I don't I don't know exactly what the hell is going on because I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I don't even know if like the yeah. doxing and threatening of his family members even happened. He hasn't provided any evidence of his yeah. claims, but he turned around quite quickly once he became convinced that I wasn't involved in whatever doxing mm. and threatening of his family he thought I was involved in. I'm interested in knowing who he thinks doxed him. Yeah. Or it not only docks, docks his family. Apparently, this is not not him right. specifically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We do not we do not dox on the QAnon Anonymous podcast. And you know what? There have been uh, QAnon supporters who are aware of our identities who have chosen not to dox as well. It's a mutual courtesy, uh, I I would say, uh, because you know people's families. You know, you don't have a choice of who your family is, and um, you know, I I I think that that's crossing a line. Uh, yeah, you know, I think we've always uh, believed that. So, uh, yeah, I was surprised that that was even an accusation that was sort of uh, hurled against you. And yeah. you know what? I'm honestly, I'm glad it was cleared up so that you can attend more uh, rallies <laughs> and gain more, uh, uh, you know, yeah. information in the future uh, without worried about being tailed, um, you know, by by an angry group of uh, MAGA supporters. Mm. Also covering this event was the Right Side Broadcasting Network, who they and they basically cover all MAGA events. Uh, during their coverage of this event, one of their hosts interviewed a man who seemed to believe that California Governor Gavin Newsom was replaced with a body double. Well, and Newsom's a clone. Okay, yeah. they just took him out. He yeah, had, he's he a had puppet this, for the left. Yeah. Well, he's he's well, he's a different level. You're right. Yeah, he's but but uh, the real Governor Newsom has had his military tribunal and his Gitmo, and he's been executed, okay? Well, there you go. Thank, thank you for your time. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. I like that host tried to clean it up and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a puppet for the left. It's like, no, no, you understand. I think he's a physical clone. He's a clone. And Gavin Newsom <laughs> has been tried at Gitmo. You're not listening to me. During the Right Side broadcast, there's also a list of the names of contributors to the network scrolling in the bottom feed. And some trickster, some troll, claimed that their name is Nasara Gassara, um, which caused Nasara Gassara to scroll on the screen for people who are watching. And if you listen to our Dove of Oneness episode, you'll know that Nasara is a set of proposed economic reforms that spawned a cult-like conspiracy theory, which believes that a secret law was passed or will be passed soon, which 
which essentially makes everyone rich. So people who believe in the Sara think that once the existence of this law is made public or known, that all debts will be forgiven, everyone will have a ton of money, universal economic prosperity will be, uh, you know, will uh, be here. Nothing about it makes sense. It's just, it's just basically the rapture for financially desperate people. Now, after the rally, uh, a live chat with the Negative 48 cult members included a woman who remarked on the Nasara Gasara scrolling across the screen. However, uh, Michael Protzman uh, clarified that Nasara Gasara won't become a reality until the whole world knows that the living John F. Kennedy is president and he signs it into law. When I was watching a rally um, on TV, one of the things that jumped out at me was uh, scrolling across the bottom was Nasara Jasara. And that's the first time I've seen that on public TV. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I saw some people write up some stuff on it. Like, it's actually here. I go, and it's not here. They're just, they're just seeing your consciousness. It's not going to happen. And I used to say John John because I didn't want to, you know, scare too many people off by saying JFK, but. I said it a couple different times, but most of the time I would just say, till John John's in your face. But I'm telling you right now, Nasara Jasara is not going to go until the whole world knows that JFK is the president, JFK Jr. is the vice president, and he is the one that's going to sign Nasara Jasara into law. That's when it's going to start. You know, it'll become more law. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of time frame not too long before it all, you know, kicks in and takes effect and uh that's when it's going to take place that just you know gave me hope you know that we're moving in such a good direction oh we're moving in a good direction nothing can stop what's coming and all bank debt's going to get wiped he he sounds kind of rough yeah i mean yeah this kind of this kind of proselytizing uh you know it's it's a long game and, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but Michael Protzman, I mean, becoming the sort of center of a group uh, that you are with 24-7, that you're proselytizing to 24-7, COVID's going around, nobody's vaccinated. I mean, it's got to be exhausting. So after spending many hours in the Arizona sun and getting, you know, berated by Jim Watkins, uh, eventually it came time for the event itself. And uh, there's a long line. We were all, you know, you know sort of uh, inspected by a secret service. And uh, we finally got to the, the big speakers area. And uh, before Trump came on, there were several speakers, uh, many of whom had uh, some kind of QAnon connection. The first speaker was Kelly Ward, the chair of the Arizona Republican Party. Uh, she had an important message to convey. She said that Trump won the 2020 election, but despite that, it was important to go out and vote. Who won the election? <laughs> You're right, Trump won! Trump won. And we are here, we are gathered with our fellow patriots who believe in faith, family, and freedom, who are never going to stop, right? We are never going to stop. We are never going to stop fighting for what's right. And I have to tell you this, please, please go out and vote. Because in 2016, there was cheating. But guess what? We deplorables, we people who love this country overwhelmed their cheating algorithm. And we've got to do it again in 2022, 2024, and beyond. Be oh yeah, get rid of Dominion! 
She wasn't the first, nor would she be the last, but she is toasty. I think they were all, a lot of the yeah. speakers were having a drinky poo. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was always thought, like, you know, how do you reconcile, you know, people who believe that elections are fraudulent, but also believe that it's important to go out and vote? And um, I think maybe I just underestimate their ability to have two contradictory ideas at once. In their minds, whenever the Republicans lose, it's because of fraud. And whenever Republicans win, there's also fraud, but somehow their votes are so powerful, it overcomes the fraud. Um, yeah, so it's it's weird, it's bizarre, it's fucking insane. It's insane that like here, more than a year out of January 6th, the same, we're hearing the same rhetoric that inspired that. The same kind of like, you know, um, belief that, you know, the democratic process is essentially wholly fraudulent and therefore, you know, basically democracy is a sham and shouldn't be trusted. And, you know, it's like, it makes me worried because like, you know, we're going to see, uh, we have the election this year and, um, we might see more bad stuff happen this year or later because of this kind of rhetoric. The next speaker was my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, who of course also was instrumental in spreading lies about election fraud. Um, Mike Lindell was in the news recently because the election software company Smartmatic filed a defamation lawsuit against him. I read that lawsuit, and I gotta say, I'm not 100% sure that Smartmatic uh, appreciates how genuinely radicalized Mike Lindell is. So here's from the intro of that lawsuit. Crazy like a fox. Mike Lindell knows exactly what he is doing, and it is dangerous. Mr. Lindell knows Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won the 2020 election for president and vice president of the United States. He knows the election was not rigged, fixed, or stolen. He knows voting machines did not switch votes from former President Trump to now President Biden. These facts do not matter to Mr. Lindell because he knows he can sell. Mr. Lindell knows he can sell xenophobia. He knows he can sell conspiracy theory. He knows he can sell a preconceived story about voting machines stealing democracy by stealing votes from a president who is incredibly popular with millions of Americans. And, of course, Mr. Lindell, the my pillow guy, knows he needs to sell pillows to keep and increase his fortune. Yeah, no, not, no, no way. Crazy like a fox? Nope, no. Please, Jesus Christ, what? I know. I know. I, I don't I don't agree with the premise that I, I think that Mike Lindell is really far down the rabbit hole, really believes what he's saying and really thinks he has evidence of election fraud, even though he doesn't. He has one of those minds that, you know, just just only accepts evidence of what he wants to believe and does not allow evidence mm -hmm. of what he does not want to believe. But maybe I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Maybe the the, the they have to frame Mike Lindell's actions this way um, in order to have a successful suit. I don't know. Right. I imagine it would be hard, you know, it, it's harder to prove in court of saying, well, he did all these things because he is a true believer. Mm -hmm. You know, that would open the, the field for the defense to say like, yeah, he, he didn't, he wasn't doing anything wrong because he really believes this stuff. You know, it makes things messy, maybe. Yeah, this is kind of the assumption that your enemy is powerful just because you keep losing over and over. It's like, no, no, no. The, the, you're just so bad at this that the my pillow guy has become <laughs> a thorn in your side. <laughs> yeah. At the Trump rally, Mike Lindell said that after the events of January 6th, no one would like his posts on Facebook, which he initially interpreted as Facebook censoring him. No one would call. Nobody's fucking calling me. No one would call. But I want to tell you, I'm going to take us back a year ago and why we're so much better off today. A year ago, when that happened, 
after that happened and the media started attacking me, I, I put something on Facebook. I thought Suckabuck was just uh, deplatformed for me, but none of my friends would like anything. I, I call them, they wouldn't answer the phone. Everybody was in fear. Remember, across the country, it was after January 6th, everybody was in fear. And uh, I just kept going. I kept losing, you know, losing box stores and stuff. And I would, and I'm going, but we have evidence. This was stolen. We got to save our country. We were attacked. So he admits that it's not actually Facebook censoring him. It's it's that well, he believes that people were scared to like his comments. Yes, yeah. I thought it was just a funny yeah. uh, sort of. It was like it's like I thought that uh, you know I thought that you know Facebook Zuckerberg was like censoring me. Turns out I was just radioactive. Turns out like uh, no one liked <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, nobody very much. would pick up my calls when I posted that the Labrador is my favorite kind of dog. Everybody was piling in to say I'm great. But now that I said that I ate my own feces on my lawn <laughs> and enjoyed it, nobody wants to like my posts. <laughs> The next speaker was Arizona Representative Sonny Borelli. Borelli uh, attended the QAnon conference in Las Vegas, the uh, Patriot Double Down. At this event, Borelli used his time to defend Cyber Ninjas, the firm that conducted the fruitless audit in Maricopa County. Uh, it was recently announced that Cyber Ninjas is shutting down. Rod Thompson, a representative for Cyber Ninjas, said, quote, $2 million in debt from the Arizona audit and endless legal and character attacks on the company by those who oppose the audit make it untenable moving forward. And, um, you know, despite that, and despite the fact that Cyber Ninjas did not uncover the massive election changing fraud that they were hoping to find, Sonny Borelli came to the defense of Cyber Ninjas. He also spewed nonsense claiming that there was a conspiracy from the Arizona Secretary of State to suppress evidence of election fraud. The shamestream media, local and national, keeps criticizing the auditor, Cyber Ninja. But technically, what they're doing is showing the level of contempt towards the 1,500 volunteers that did 100,000 man hours, counting every piece of paper and every ballot. To call you a liar is despicable. It's disrespectful. It's disgraceful. And you need to hold them accountable. Folks, we're in a battle for this state and this country. We cannot give up. We just need to stay focused. They call this the big lie that, that we conducted a fraud it. Well, technically, it's the county that conducted a fraud it. Cybersecurity, or excuse me, cyber unsecurity, internet history, deleted files, evidence not preserved, duplicate ballots, non-residents voted. Conspiracy theory, guess what? We proved it. It is a spirit. There is a, a conspiracy. It's no longer a conspiracy. It's no longer a theory. We can prove it. It's an ongoing conspiracy of obstructionists and resistance from Maricopa County and the Secretary of State's office. My man is lit. Yeah, yeah. He's he is stumbling and slurring his words just a bit, but he's you know he's 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 among his people. I mean, at these events, the vibe is always you know jubilant, laced with menace. So yep. <laughs> Also speaking that day was Arizona Senator Kelly Townsend, who has occasionally posted QAnon content on her Facebook page. She's also uh, followed QAnon accounts on Twitter. During her speech, she called on election workers to be locked up. And remember, this comes from like, you know, this comes after like election workers have been harassed and subject to horrific conspiracy theories about them, which, you know, led to their harassment. And finally, election fraud. They meant to harm us, and maybe a little for a little time, but you know what we've gotten out of this? We now know what is going on. 
America's eyes are opened, and no more are they going to be able to get away with this kind of deception, this kind of fraud, and illegal activity, not only people in general, but the election workers. We want indictments of the election workers so that they don't continue to do this. That is, you know, I want to speak to the manager. I want all the employees arrested. Yeah, right. Just fantastic. Yeah, you know, this, this led to a chant of, like, lock them up. I heard a uh, lock them up uh, chant when talking about um, uh, Fauci, too, which, you know, was very baffling to me because, you know, I figured after the first, you know, the really uh, the first lock her up chant about Hillary proved to be useless. She's very much not locked up. She's having a good time doing fucking podcasts and shit. And uh, but despite that, despite that, they have not given up on believing in the power of the lock them up chant. Also speaking that evening was Arizona Representative Wendy Rogers, who called Trump the true president. We are so blessed to have the true president, President Donald J. Trump, with us here today. We know the election was stolen, don't we? We know they rigged the machines, the databases, the voter rolls, the drop boxes, the county level vote counting. They don't even count the vote at the county, at the precinct level anymore. Let me tell you, Arizona is a red state. We are not turning purple. And President Trump won. Man, so depressing. It is depressing. At the event, I met with uh, met up with the woman behind the uh, Arizona Right Wing Watch account, and she told me that uh, this is apparently a bit of a talking point amongst the uh, far right in Arizona. That like they very angrily insist that Arizona is not turning purple. It is a they believe it's a red state and um, and defiance of the evidence, and just as much as they defy the evidence that Trump lost, uh, they they insist upon the reality they prefer. You know, I think this is why people love uh, coming to these events because they get to angrily insist upon the reality they would prefer. U.S. Congressman Paul Gosar, who regularly hangs around extremists, was also in attendance. Uh, One of Gosar's best buddies is Stop the Steal organizer Ali Alexander, who happened to enter this event through the VIP entrance. So the guy who was really, again, another guy who was instrumental in helping January 6th happen, who encouraged it, who celebrated it, was welcomed by the organizers, which is fucking insane. I don't know why. I mean, Alexander should be in hiding. Should be should be afraid of, of authorities hounding him. But instead, he's a VIP at this Trump event in Arizona. But anyways, uh, so yes, Paul Gosar's speech, he made reference to a storm. Now today is very apropos. Do you feel the storm building? It's America. She's tired. She's tired of having her her parents told that they're not involved in their their education. They're tired of not seeing justice, where we see our uh, men in blue and our military being disrespected and disregarded. 
that storm continues to build, when we see the long lines, the empty shelves, and the lack of respect for those who are governed, you, the American people. So continue building on this storm. This storm will carry us to 2022. I think it's harder and harder for him to deny that he has um, some, like, physical issues. Uh, there's been a few rumors about his health. Yeah. Either he is very, very drunk or or he is showing some symptoms uh, of... Um, yeah, a physical yeah. A physical issue, but he's been denying it. A lot of people notice that he is very twitchy. He's stumbling over his words. His neck is sort of rolling around uh, on his on his body. Uh, so he's very very strange. Some people have, have been speculating he's been suffering from some kind of uh, degenerative disease or something, some sort of neurological condition, possibly. But yeah, his his behavior was very strange. Oh, we can't do that. We can't. We can't diagnose. You're right. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is like this is no. A, we, we can't, but if we, but if we don't admit that there's something to those rumors, we'd have to say that this man is blackout drunk. Right. <laughs> Possibly. Okay, listen, listen. Well, we don't know. We what don't it know. Is. Listen, listen. He may have had a few before he started speaking. We are not doctors. Don't take. Do we? Don't take medical advice from us. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what the hell he's talking about. I don't like it when people start speculating wildly about health. But yeah, his behavior is a little weird. The report is that there are rumors swirling. We're not trying to speculate. I'm just mentioning that there has been speculation, and that when I was saying on my stream watching this that this man is blackout drunk, people were like, "Well, there's maybe this." other explanation. And, it, you know, I'm going to say that that's another credible possibility. The last speaker before Trump was Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. And uh, Carrie Lake was very much supported by uh, Michael Prosman of the Negative 48 cult. In fact, during a live chat, uh, Prosman claimed that Carrie Lake was endorsed by JFK himself, which means Trump, who I guess is JFK in disguise, endorsed Carrie Lake. I do want to say that Kerry Lake strikes me as an insanely competent uh, potential figurehead for the MAGA movement of the future. She is is she's very poised, which is uh, and she has she yeah. has a background in uh, like local TV journalism, so she has that media mm-hmm. experience. Yeah, so she is a, a possible future superstar. We'll see what happens. Yeah, she's kind of Taylor Green without the baggage, with more self-control and poise. Mm-hmm. And uh, watching her speak, you know, speaking for myself, I definitely could see um, that, that her becoming a bigger issue. The future governor of um, uh, Arizona, uh, she gave her speech. And before she gave her speech, they showed a news clip of her uh, talking to prostitutes and, you know, swamp monsters. And she is the real deal. I mean, <laughs> I, if she was running in my state, I'd vote for her hands down. And, and of course, she's, you know, Trump endorsed and JFK endorsed. So she's the real deal. So she was a hammer. I mean, you got to go watch the tape before she speaks and realize she is speaking truth. And as people speak truth, it's just mind blowing and uh, and uh, really beautiful to see. And so she spoke. But then once JFK, <coughs> a.k.a. Trump got up there he invited uh her up again why so you could see how tall she was in relation to trump and it didn't add up so everything has a reason and a purpose and that's why he invited her back up because he she already came up and she already gave her big speech um and was already you know uh, featured in a, a a little movie clip before she ever came up 
he brought her up again just so you can see how tall he was in relationship to how tall she is. So you could tell it wasn't Trump. I mean, it's hard to keep up, but at this point, he's just saying Trump is JFK? Yeah, that's right. That's right. I don't fucking know. Okay. I mean, the, the story, the negative 48 Michael Prosper story is ever shifting. Yeah, JFK, a.k.a. Trump. He, they are no longer two people. Mm-hmm. They are one. Mm-hmm. Trump stepped into a machine and a fly uh, with the head of, of, of John F. Kennedy Jr. <laughs> also flew in at the same time. Mm-hmm. And they step out, uh, you know, a combined uh, DNA, you know, amalgamation that at first is incredibly powerful. It can walk <laughs> on walls. It can, uh, you know, it can uh, d- digest its food uh, externally uh, before eating it. But eventually... Eventually, eventually, you know, the shoe's going to drop and uh, that creature uh, will melt uh, over the course of the film. Finally, it came time for Trump himself to speak. Now, I kind of assumed that there would be a speaker immediately before Trump came on. But in reality, Trump uh, came on to speak about 45 or like 50 minutes after Carrie Lake was done speaking. Um, In the meantime, there was just this long string of classic pop hits playing by artists such as Dolly Parton, uh, The Village People, and Elton John. However, right before Trump came on the stage, the speakers played the theme song for the legendary professional wrestler, The Undertaker. So this is actual audio captured from the rally. That is a fucking funeral dirt. Yeah, Incredible. It's so weird. Yeah, weird. Like, yeah, uh, just graveyard bells ringing. Um, I mean, I, I suppose it's kind of tracks for Trump. He is in the WWE Hall of Fame. And, you know, he, I, his, uh, his appeal might be explained in the same way that, you know, uh, professional wrestling is appealing. We do the mash. We do the Trumpster mash. Right. So in that Trump spoke, and I'm not going to play any of his speech because f- honestly, fuck him. And it's the same shit all the time, yeah. just grievances and yeah. he just rambled on for Boy. an hour and a half or longer. Um, what I thought was interesting, though, is that like I noticed that people started filing out of the venue like half an hour into Trump was speaking, like Trump supporters. They were like, all, all right, we got here. We saw him speak. We saw him do some of his bits. And now I'm ready to go back to my car. Well, a lot of them were probably dehydrated and had been waiting in lines on their feet for hours. Yes. For no apparent reason. Yep, yep. So um, some attendees of the event were apparently under the impression that Trump was really a body double. But in fact, uh, during a live chat after the event, Ron Watkins uh, fielded a question about the issue and he, he tried to dispel the myth. Everybody was thinking that Trump really wasn't at the rally, that it was a um, body double. What are people, what are people's thoughts on that? Um, I was at the rally and I saw Trump and I, it, it's not a body double. That was actually him. hundred percent. Thank you, Ron. Okay. End of discussion. <laughs> please stop bringing this up. Yeah, right. Please stop <laughs> mentioning the body double issue. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that was, uh, 
that was basically my experience. Uh, I spoke to some QAnon followers. I got yelled at by Jim Watkins, and I, I saw a string of QAnon-connected speakers push absolute nonsense about the 2020 election that will continue to um, erode democracy and probably fuel violence in the near future. Are you looking to get punched? What I mean by that is, thank you for your service, superstar. Uh, well, it was <laughs> my pleasure. It was a good time. Thank you for your support so I could continue to get berated in public. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. And when you subscribe, you help us, of course, stay advertising free and editorially independent. Thank you so much. For everything else, we have a website, QAnonAnonymous.com. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Ron Watkins going on Tom Numbers' show, What Gives? Yeah. Hello, I love Ron. I love Ron and Jim. But I don't know about their uh, judge of character. At least Ron's. Good old Tom Numbers. <laughs> Shit. I'll start, I'll start worrying about Ron if I see him on a Charles Ward interview. <laughs> or Simon Parks. <laughs>